Everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. Welcome back, everybody, to the IDP Heat Seekers Fantasy Show. Reunited, and it feels so good. Uh, we're sorry. Uh, it is my fault that we missed a few weeks, but we are back at it with some what will be a fun topic for the evening. Uh, I am your host, Brad Mendez, as always, with my main man, Booger from the Nerds, and Craig Reith. Uh, Paul, how you doing, brother? How you feeling? Um, I feel like a normal functioning human, and after the last two weeks... We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, I had pretty. I had. I had moderate to uh, severe symptoms, and two weeks off of work sounds all fun. And then you realize it's more like two or three days off of work, and the rest you just sleep. And yeah, and you mute your mic so that you can, you know, cough. It's fun. Craig, how are you? Doing all right. Done with work for the week. Weather's been decent. Doing what you can. Trying to stay sane till the end of the year and figure out this NFL season, which I don't know that we're going to get a handle on or that they'll get a handle on completely either. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's already going to be mid-October soon. So it's like, before we know it, we're into the holidays and it just gets crazier and crazier. And I feel like this year, not only the holidays will get crazier, but the NFL season will get crazier. I mean, you know, now we're playing games... Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just because of COVID stuff. And, you know, if you're Tennessee Titans players, please yeah. just stop. Whatever you're doing, don't lick door <laughs> handles or whatever it is that you're getting all this from. Like, I feel like they're the reason that things are getting worse every week. Uh, so, you know, that being said, everybody continue to be safe and do the best you can. But uh, stay away from Tennessee Titans players because obviously they are highly contagious. Uh, I know we've got yeah. quite a few that keep hitting the COVID list. So, uh, but that's not what tonight's show is about. Tonight's show is uh, kind of a, a, I call it the quarterly report. Uh, you know, we're going to look at a lot of the guys that are that are atop the leaderboards for IDP. Uh, depending on the type of league, your scoring might be slightly different. But these are these are pretty well set guys that are the top of all the leaderboards. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about what we think about them, if we think they're really going to last, if this is more of a mirage and it's just the luck of the draw. But... It's interesting. We're all working off the same list. Uh, Craig was nice enough to put it all together for us and make sure that we're all staring at the same individuals. Uh, and and we're just going to roll with it. You know, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to talk about guys we like, don't like, and do some of those things. Um, but as always, you know, if you have questions, uh, Craig does a great job getting start sit IDP stuff together every week. So if you have questions, post them in Discord and the Facebook community. Uh, when Craig posts about asking for start sits, make sure you get them in there so that we can help you uh, set the best IDP lineup each week uh, and do all those things. You know, like, subscribe, hit notification icons on YouTube. If you're watching this, if you're listening to the podcast, five star rate and review would be wonderful. We do like and appreciate people saying that we are awesome. Uh, so with that being said, we will just roll into it. Uh, so the way that that we have it broken down is we broke it down in a couple different types. So we got our DBs, our DLs, and our LBs, and and some of that is you know there's some edge mixed in and things like that. But uh, Craig, I'll let you get this conversation rolling, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll just have fun with it. Yeah. So I wrote about this a little bit in the Sid Start article to throw something else in there because I knew we'd be talking about this, but it's 
clearly a wonky year, but we're also working with a small sample size. So we have an inordinate number of cornerbacks looking at the like top 25 compared to other years here. And it's also thrown off by the fact that when you're looking through four games, you have some of these guys that have played only three games, you know, with the Steelers and due to injuries, other people in here too. So uh, one of the trends that I don't see continuing is this many quarterbacks staying up that high. Some of them I think will, but, you know, when you look at how they're getting their stats, you know, someone like Jair Alexander, who's a really good real-life cornerback, um, he had one big game for fantasy, and the other three weeks are just sort of meh, which is sort of what you see out of these really good cornerbacks more so. And then you got someone like Pierre Desir, who's got 40 points as the DB5 right now. He had one huge week last week, and his other three weeks are just meh. So I've not seen guys like that that have the current one big week explosion and a couple other just meh weeks mixed in. They're staying up top there. I think you're going to see guys like you know someone that's relatively high, but John Johnson sitting there, you know, DB9. He's more likely to stay there or ascend when you look at the sort of weeks that he's had, and also his production is largely based on tackles, which unless you're in a league where you know, interceptions get you 10 or something compared to one for a tackle, it's going to be a little bit different. But when you're used to sort of a balanced scoring, he's a guy I think that you'd want to look at for potentially acquiring or someone farther down the list. You know, a Landon Collins is in that same sort of position. Yeah. Well, and I, and I want to give kudos to Paul because a guy that he mentioned a few times in the offseason is atop the leaderboards for DBs. And it's not because he's good. It's because he gets targeted so much and he just gets the luck of the draw. But Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh, I can see him staying that way. Uh, based on, you know, not only what Paul said in the offseason, but just looking at the way the games go, they're funneling stuff his way because, well, he's not very good. So he's going to get you the tackles, and maybe every so often he'll get you some sort of, whether it's interception or, you know, fumble recovery or something. Yeah. I mean, he might get lucky, but most of his is going to be uh, that way. But, Paul, what do you think when you looked over the list? Uh, were there guys that you were you were thinking should go up and down? Uh, besides the obvious um, who had the pick sixes who probably shouldn't end up up there. Even Mike Hilton's getting sacks. I like that the stat line, he he has a sack in two of the three weeks. That just shouldn't happen. Um, but as far as who do I think should be up there, uh, Marcus May, um, we knew that that was going to be a situation where there was going to be plenty of opportunity and he just really reminds me of the son of Sam. Um, he's a New Yorker who came out of nowhere and is now shining uh, really brightly. So there's your one per show. I made sure and got it out, out, of, out of the way early. Um, but uh, Desir, I can see maybe he stays up there. Yes, I know he has the pick six last week. But he's getting lots of targets his way, and that's lots of solos that he can get. Um, I didn't necessarily see that one, but he's emerging as a pretty consistent option. Um, I like the John Johnson one. I did not think that uh, Marlon Humphrey was going to be as high up as what he is, um, but he's showing it consistently week in, week out. They move him all over the field. Um Craig hit on a nice one with Antoine Winfield. Um, I'm surprised he's ahead of Chin, considering he's getting like 100% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. um, Winfield is also. 
but he's getting lots of uh, deflections to tackles and all that stuff. Um, not really sure how far to keep going here, but um, Justin Simmons is someone who's up there who I don't know if I see him being safety five or six on the year, but he should be a back end one early to two as far as safety only. Um, yeah, and we have the usual suspects. Landon Collins is up there. Bates is up there. And one of the ones, I don't remember who was highest on him, but Jonathan Abram, mm-hmm. um, he's getting a lot of targets in his area, and he's making them count for fantasy. As long as he doesn't get hurt. That was the, I mean, that guy's a yeah. missile. Uh, the only other name I'd bring up that I would expect to keep moving up would be Tracy Walker. Uh, Detroit was doing some really weird stuff with him early in the season where he wasn't playing every snap, uh, but recently he's started playing every snap. Like you know, he's their probably their most uh, most impressive defensive player. Uh, so I would expect him to be a guy that would continue to move up. Um, he probably should get closer to top 10 by the end of the season, I would think. You know, probably more like the the, the 10 to 15 range, although 17 is not far off. But uh, I think he's, you know, he's going to be going to be up there. Um, I'm not surprised that Jamal Adams is further down the list just because Seattle's defense, you know, no pun intended, has always been kind of boom or bust with IDP prospects. You know, back in the day, even with the Legion of Boom, they weren't like elite IDP players on a year-in and year-out basis. So, uh, it doesn't surprise me that Adam slid a little bit. Yeah, well, he got hurt, mm-hmm. though. I mean, right. We're talking about this being four games in. He's two and a half games right. in, yeah. basically, and he's a back end two. Mm-hmm. Not much more you can really ask. Yeah, very true. And, you know, the other thing with him, when you look at the guy that came in and replaced him, Ryan Neal, I mean, a guy out of nowhere that was talking about quitting the team, comes in and is just blowing up the stat line too since he's replaced Adams you know Adams there was a lot of questions about him going to Seattle kind of like what you said Brad about his prospects moving forward as opposed to that kind of crappy situation where he ate up everything sort of like Marcus May is doing Mm -hmm. now Um, it wouldn't be the first time some guys gotten a lot of money over in Washington and then just disappeared in the fall so we'll have to see what happens but in two and a half games to be at number 19 and then other guys, you know, like Paul said, Chin, I think he's still sort of finding himself, and he's in a hybrid role where they're playing him sort of more as a linebacker, but then also they've put him out at safety at both positions. So he'll find his way. Yeah. Um, but that whole Tampa Bay uh, defensive backfield is just nuts. When you look at they got both safeties up there, they got one cornerback up there, and then, you know, just their whole defense has been amazingly productive, and there were a lot of questions about, is this going to go down with fewer opportunities than they had last year with um, Paul's uh, favorite son not turning the ball over all the time. But the opportunities are still there, and there's plenty of Tampa Bay Buccaneers in these lists so far this year. Yeah, it's definitely uh, they're definitely a defense that's really producing. Uh, so along the, the defensive line side of things, there's some interesting names. You know, obviously everybody – uh, if you think of kind of the most surprising, obviously everybody's going to point to Eldon Smith, you know, out of the league for a while, came back and has really been uh, impressive, you know, but uh, he's kind of the one that I would expect to see the most uh, opportunity for aggression as well. You know, him and Kerry Hyder are both guys that I'm like, uh, I'm not terribly comfortable with those guys where they're at, 
uh, on this list, period. But, uh, Paul, what do you think about the, the defensive linemen that, that show up on this uh, on the top end of the IDP spectrum right now? Um, I think it's more consistent overall with what we thought uh, three months ago was going to happen. Um, the top five, I'll just take uh, Miles Garrett. Yes, he should be up there. He's getting sacks weekly. Um, Grady Jarrett, he's getting pressure up the middle. They don't have a lot outside. They do have uh, Fowler and Tag when he decides to show up, but 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 he's getting pressure. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's getting pressure up the middle. Um, I was surprised. I I actually own a couple uh, Hicks uh, shares for the Bears. Um, he's been getting cons- uh, consistent rush off the edge, and he looks healthy again. I don't know if he can hold it up uh, through the year because he is thirty-one. Yeah. I want to say, but. He's getting there. He's getting home every week. Um, Alden Smith, we discussed. It It was more of a week one home run versus it being consistent every week. Right. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think he keeps it up. It's, it's unusual that Lawrence is just absent on the other side, it seems like. Um, and, the, and the last one is Donald. Um, how we knew he would be up there. He's up there. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll let uh, one of you guys take the next five and we'll keep moving on here. What do you think, Craig? Yeah. I mean, the name that just came out of nowhere for me was Shelby Harris. And I think he was hurt recently too, but you know, being a top 10 defensive lineman i mean that's a name i don't think anyone would have expected to be up at that point at any point in the season so i mean that's impressive uh leonard williams i talked about preseason a bit liking his situation what they were saying out of him he's doing great trey hendrickson i don't want any part of myself um carrie hyder i don't mind for a floor if you're looking for a guy you know he's averaging five to nine points a week so if you have a a de three or D lineman three or whatever or two that you just want a nice floor that's fine but so many of these guys are just hit and miss you know the same sort of thing every other week it's a really good week or a bad week and then some of these guys just haven't gotten going this year like josh allen's not on the list um he's been healthy he's been playing he just isn't getting anything so i think some of that will level out but you you got to look at how these guys are getting their points and what sort of consistency you're getting when you're putting in your lineups each week yeah and actually, uh, actually, uh, notes. I remember scouting Shelby Harris when he was in high school at uh, Homestead. Did not think he would 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 make the pros. Obviously, he proved <laughs> me wrong. But but I covered a game of his in high school. And yeah, uh, Homestead, Wisconsin, or, or Mequon, Wisconsin, Homestead High School. Well, he, uh, he definitely, at least uh, so far through the first uh, quarter of the season, has looked good. Um, and we haven't yeah. seen consistency out of him in the previous year. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I, you know, I was, I was surprised about a few names that I saw on this list that 
think it's more so been about the fact the lack of production from others. But you know, like Winovich, I like Winovich. I didn't expect him to kind of be a top, you know, fifteen IDP asset through the first quarter of the season. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Clark, I expected to be much higher. Uh, same as Sam Hubbard. Hubbard was a guy I was really big on uh, preseason, and and he's, you know, been okay, but not really anything worth starting right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, the same with uh, Montez Sweat. I kind of thought. With Rivera coming to town, Sweat would just eat, and hasn't really been very exciting. But he's also lost two of the other really good rushers alongside of him. So, I mean, he is getting more focus at this point with Young out for probably a couple more weeks, and Ionitis is out for the year, yeah, I he's think. Yeah, for the year. Yeah. Uh, so, other than that, you know, this list is, I mean, you know, like we talked about, kind of guys we expected to be there. Uh you know, for the most part, I think some of these guys will fall off the list before too long. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few names. I mean, Hendrickson, I just, like, I'm not interested in. Um, you yeah. know, and guys that I expect to move around a little, obviously. Yannick, I'd expect to kind of regress more to around the 10 range, you know, where you see a guy like Bosa go up further kind of thing. I mean, things like that. But, you know, from the IDP side of things, I mean, having any of these top 15 guys outside of Hendrickson, you know, maybe Brandon Graham. I think you're. I think you're pretty pretty well set for the rest of the season. They'll be pretty productive for you. Uh, and even a few guys will pop up in there, move up a little further. I expect Buckner as he continues to grow in Indy, um, slide up some. You know, things like that. But uh, yeah, those are all the names that I think that bear conversation about. Carl Lawson's a pleasant surprise on there. I mean, I've liked. I've always liked Carl Lawson, but he's never really yep. shown out. You know, so it's nice to see him producing. He doesn't have a high fantasy floor. Right. He's either sack or... Yeah, he's, he's very dependent on doing play. something special, for sure. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about, though, on the linebacker side of things. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that have popped up on there. Um, and even, you know, like in the top five, Patrick Queen, I wouldn't have expected... I mean, we all talked Patrick Queen, you know, Positively, but maybe not top five positively. Uh, you know, Paul, what, what's your take on, or Craig, what's your take on these linebackers uh, through the first quarter? There's a lot of names that you're not seeing that, you know, for whatever reason aren't on there. You know, Devin Bush isn't someone who's up there. And on the other side of it, you have Vince Williams sitting at number 10 through three games. And it's not like a guy's eating tackles. He's just getting big plays. And I think that's sort of what you were seeing with Hilton there, too. It's That defense as a whole is elevating a lot of these guys to fantasy relevance because of so many pieces that you have to pay attention to with Watt and Dupree. Bush gets attention on the line. You know, Tyson Alawalu is, you know, fantasy relevant for the first time in a while. Uh, Hayward, Hayward is still relevant. There's just so many pieces there to pay attention to, and they're scoring points, which is why people are having to throw, hence the Hilton points. And are we going to see it balance out? I mean, I don't think Vince Williams is going to stay a top ten linebacker for the year, but you know we're partly through the season, and it's not like Watt isn't on the list. He's you know down at fourteen, so it's just you have a number of linebackers. Last year it was Watt and Dupree and Bush were up there. Now you've seen Dupree isn't up there and Bush isn't up there. So how it's all going to balance out for these teams is going to be really interesting. And you you see this a lot of time with the teams on these lists year to year, but a surprise one for me is both of those linebackers for the Vikings. 
Uh, Kendricks and then Wilson being up there was a big surprise. Um, Devin White's lower than I thought he would be, but both he and Levante David, you know, they're top 25 guys again for linebackers. So you can kind of see that there's these teams where, yeah, there's a lot of production to be had. Um, that's one of the interesting things that I noticed just this far through. Yeah, the, the vets on the list I was surprised about. I mean, like, the biggest one for me is a guy that I think could continue to produce this season, which is John Bostic. Um, he's just kind of taking control of Washington's linebacker group. And yep. it's, I mean, and it's not that he's a bad player. I mean, he's bounced around the league for a while now, and he's been kind of a fill-in guy, but never really been a leader. But because Washington's got such a young group, you know, he's just kind of taking the reins. Um, and the other conversation that we had preseason that I that I think we're finally starting to see some clarity on is Philadelphia's linebacking group. We were ex- wondering yep. who the guy's going to be, and it looks like Jerry's kind of taking control of it. Although I still think Davey and Taylor throughout the year could continue to, to grow in that role, uh, grow in a role with them because I, I like Taylor, uh, just like I think Paul liked him in the preseason as well. Uh, but, you know, those are, those were the kind of the two that stood out to me is, is the, you know, is the guys in the East. Uh, but most of these other names are guys we expected to see. Although Josie Jewell was kind of a guy that we all said was a bit of a throwback linebacker. So I'm surprised he's as high as he is on this list. Uh, but he seems to be just be eating up tackles and, and getting in there. So, you know, um, veterans and, and and surprise youngsters are kind of my my take on looking at this linebacker group. It's like, oh, look at all these vets and these young guys that are on here. What do you think, Paul? Um, and the names that we haven't mentioned, can somebody find Corey Littleton? Like, yep. Is he MIA? Um, I know Darius Leonard, uh, he got hurt, but he's been kind of missing also. Um, We expected him to be LB1 overall. Uh, Not on the list. Not good there. Um, uh, But the other names that you mentioned, yeah, I thought the same thing. How is it? How is this guy in the league? Oh, he's LB6 on the year. Huh? What? Um, I don't expect maybe all of them to to hang up there, but Bostic uh, and Miles Jack, um, who's um, Eric Wilson, Mm -hmm. Jewel, and... um, Jerry, Gary, however you pronounce his name. Yeah, they should all be up there just because they're seeing time and they're on the field a lot because the offenses for these guys just aren't good. Um, Also, one of the names that we haven't mentioned, but it's been nice seeing Quan Alexander up there and being consistent. Um it was interesting watching the first month and a half before he got hurt last year. And it was as if he wasn't on the field. And now it looks like he's all over the field. So I know he didn't quite make the sheet, uh, but for someone that we were, I guess, interested in, I'll just leave it at that. It's been nice seeing him. Ha making plays. And, and, Littleton is getting over 60 snaps a game. When I look at uh, lineups, uh, snap counts, 67, 60, 69, and 60. So he's on the field. He's just not producing at all. 
Yeah, he's 56 with our scoring. I mean, you got, I mean, there's a lot of guys that we hadn't talked about that are just sort of on that fringe. I mean, he's not one of them, but Jalen Smith is 30, Showbert's 34, and I think that's large part due to Miles Jack showing up and producing because he was someone that's farther up on the list. Deion Jones is 39. Edmonds, he missed a game, but still, you know, over three games, he's at 17 and a half. That whole linebacking core is just sort of eating itself, for lack of a better word, right now, because Milano's having a good year. They were both out for a while, so there's weird things going on there. And I think, for me, that's the takeaway, and we all sort of implied this going into the year, but it's going to be hard to have, like, takeaways from this year that you're just completely sold on for some of these guys just because of how weird the season is and how weird the usage is on some of these guys. Like we said with Washington – we kind of thought that Thomas Davis would be a guy there and Cole Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Well, Holcomb was hurt. He was playing, but he wasn't playing on defense. And then he's out. Thomas Davis has been out. So it's been Kevin Pierre Lewis right. Lee. Louis. And and then, you know, Bostic, which no one was talking about Bostic at all. You know, KPL had some little bit of buzz going into the season from some people in Washington, but you know, you just throw your hands up here in some of it. And, like, for this week, Darius Leonard's out. It looks like Walker might be out. Okariki, or if that's how you pronounce his name, he's coming off a thumb surgery, but he's practicing. So it's like, what happens if the three of them are out? You know, what's that going to look like for a week there? And there's so much to that this year. It's just, it's hard to get a handle on it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's one of those where I've noticed myself shuffling my roster a lot. Um, I, I've been looking for kind of guys to throw in, especially when it comes to um, the IDP leagues where it's not as deep. I mean, our positionless league, you know, you're, you kind of have what you have. There's not a ton of movement that you're able to do. Uh, but, you know, some of the other leagues where I'm starting, you know, 2-2-2 two, two, and two, or, you know, something like that, I feel like I'm churning my roster a lot. Like, you know, I, I was one of the guys that jumped on Bostic after he had one good week and just to see if he continued to produce. And now I'm starting him every week. You know, Jalen Smith, I'm still kind of starting most weeks. Um, and I expect there to be some bounce back in him, you know, things like that. So I feel like that's kind of the mantra for 2020 is just you have to be able to kind of pivot with whatever's going on, especially if, you're, if your team is struggling to produce uh, IDP points. You know, you just got to cut bait, find something else, and, and move on um, outside of, you know, obviously the, the names you have to keep. Uh, Roquan Smith has been by far the most surprising to me because, you know, we all kind of were – nobody was, like, super high on him. Uh, you know, some of us, I think maybe Paul might even been, like, not interested remotely in him. Uh, but he's been probably their best linebacker, uh, and yeah. it's been surprising. He's been missing t- tackles, but it also means that the t- defense sees that also, mm-hmm. and they're now t- targeting him uh, versus saying, oh, ha, uh, you were, what, eighth or ninth overall? We'll throw somewhere else. Right. No, they're looking at you, and that's a recipe for lots of fantasy stats on the defensive side. See Mike Hilton. Very true. Yeah, and I think with that, the way they're playing that defensive line even, you know, with Hicks getting attention, they're paying attention to Mack and Quinn, he's getting more TFLs than normal. I mean, he's got a lot of tackles, but he's tied for second in the league for TFLs, which 
I don't think is something that we expected out of him. You know, it's, it amounts to the same as a sack. Whether I mean, you're just tackling someone that isn't a quarterback, basically. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, it it's crazy. So, so we're through the first quarter of the season. What kind of what is your guys's plan as you move forward? You know, I mentioned already that that you have to be willing to pivot and and cut bait and move on to kind of turn the roster if need be. But are you guys seeing any trends in how you manage your teams from the IDP side of things? Uh, are you looking to, you know, like from the offensive side, I've started, you know, I've kind of looked, I took a look at my team after week four, all of my different teams and said, okay, these teams aren't contenders. And I think they're playoff contenders, but that's not good enough in my mind. It's either you're a contender or you're not. So I started selling and moving and, and I did some things like that. Like, what are you guys doing with your IDP rosters uh, with the craziness of the year that's going on with how things are producing, you know, Craig, what, uh, what's your big takeaway from the first quarter? What are you doing moving forward to try to uh, make heads or tails of it? I'm trying to find guys that, you know, I think are going to have a chance at producing down the road more than I've used to, you know, with these leagues where you're seeing a lot of guys get hurt or seasons like we're seeing with this, when you have a league with, a bench of you know 30 or something because you have 50 roster spots you can generally find a couple of guys that you don't need or someone goes on the covid taxi list for a few weeks you can pick up a third string linebacker because the second string guy is starting and say hey with everything going on this might guy might come along let's see if he hits you're seeing a lot of younger guys get more opportunities so i'm paying more attention to them and picking more of them up with the hopes of all right let's see if this sticks to try to be ahead of it other than just being reactionary. I mean, some of these leagues, like the positionless league, positionless league you got to be reactionary because if a guy has a blow-up week because suddenly he's starting, you might as well try to go get him to see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, you know, get rid of him. Somewhere where, you know, cornerbacks are more viable like that, you're going to have a lot more options. But if I'm sort of like in a rebuilding league, I'm just taking the guys that I want to see how they do long-term and I'm sticking with them. You know, I'm not going to intentionally play Kyle Duggar over Chuck Clark or something like that. But if I have him on my league bench, I'm not throwing away Kyle Duggar to go out there and get Brian Poole or someone just for this year because I don't see it as helping myself with my long-term plan. Absolutely. Paul? Yeah. um, If I have leagues where I'm super deep at it, I'm finding as many of the third, fourth, fifth round rookies who might see the field in the future and they might be on poor defenses um, where they do play. Um, if I can roster Ashton Davis, I'm going to roster him. If I can roster Duggar, I'm going to roster him. If I'm in a shallower league, well, I take the opposite strategy. Okay. John Bostick's a free agent. I'll pick him up. Uh, Pierre Lewis is a free agent. I've been playing him in every league or weekly in a few of them. Um, who's the guy for the Eagles that I'm playing? I'm playing him in XFL. Jerry. Um, uh, Nathan Hewitt or Neville, Neville Hewitt. Hewitt for the Jets. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, he was 
uh, someone that basically got uh, thrust in into a starting role. I've been playing him every week just because of injuries and opt-outs. And if I'm in a shallower format, you do what you have to. But just basically, if you have the option, roster your Davion Taylors. Your guys who are going to see the field in the future, but because they couldn't mentally get not through it, uh, they're not on the field yet. But yeah, if you have the option, do it. If 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 not, you throw your John Bostics out there. It's know your league. Do you have the option? And there you go. That's that. So. One of, the things, one of the things I'd just say about that, you know, like we mentioned how you were surprised about Josie Jewell. Most of your leagues, you're going to be able to go in there and see what guy, a guy's doing week to week. And you can find snap counts online. And I strongly suggest you guys go online and see, all right, how much of the defensive snaps is this guy playing? You know, Jewell got thrust in there out of necessity. He had three weeks of between four and six and a half points. And then he had 22 points the other week. Realize what happened in that game, and is that going to be consistent going forward? Everyone loves to see that guy blow up, and the initial reaction is, oh, my God, i got to go get him. Waivers, most leagues don't have first-come, first-serve constantly. There's some sort of waiver process. Sit back, look at it, figure out what's going on before you go throwing all your free agent bucks, your waiver priority at a guy. I wouldn't suggest it at an IDP for the most part ever, but... If you are, don't be wasting it on a guy like Josie Jewell, who's probably not going to duplicate that this season. Be careful. Be careful. Okay. So that's that. First quarter's in the books. Let's see if we can make it through the second quarter. <laughs> As things keep racking up, who knows what we're going to get. Uh, but, but keep it here. So we're here to help. You know, On a weekly basis, if you have questions, hit us up. Uh, you see all of our Twitter handles. Those of us that are on the Twitters, uh, those of us that aren't on the Twitters, you can get on Facebook and, and talk to Paul there. Uh, we're here to help. You know, if you guys got IDB questions, if you're looking to pick up free agents and you're not sure about them, ask questions, hit us up. Either way, rotoheat.com, and uh, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to the IDB Heat Seekers podcast with Brad Menendez, Craig Reith, and Paul Bill. You can find us over on Twitter at Roto Heat Fantasy or at RotoHeat.com.